Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Welcome. We're excited that you've tuned in today. Boy, do we got a special program for you today. We're talking about impact. We're talking about leadership. And of course, we're talking about outcomes. And we've got Mike Farag. He's from Fervor Communications, Fervor Strategic Communications. He's going to tell you more about that in a minute. But we just want to, we just want to say thank you to our podcast listening audience that you've tuned in today. And just so you know, we always pray before we get going with these shows that the Lord would really capture, help us to capture what he's really doing in Mike's life. So we've prayed that ahead of time. So as you listen, just know that the Holy Spirit's going to be tweaking this just for you. So welcome to Mike Farag. How are you doing today? Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, before we get started talking about your leadership at Fervor Strategic Communications, we'd like to just know, how do you keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered? Yeah, so, I mean, I think my sentiment about keeping any sort of thing that we want to do in our lives and have it really thrive is it takes some intentionality, number one. And for me, that means having some regular layers, what I call layers around me. Um, So I've got a a group of Christian CEOs that I meet with on a regular basis. Uh, I've got a a group of three guys that I confide in regularly. And then I've got a kind of a spiritual, I don't know, Sherpa, uh, (laughs) a guy who walks with me, who I've walked with for the last like six years of my life, who really kind of helps keep me grounded. Those are kind of the layers. And then personally, um, man, I do my best, but good Lord, it's tough to keep focused on the diet and exercise of our faith, um, reading and journaling. Like, I mean, it's, it's like a doctor's order that I do my best to, to kind of get in every morning. And the journaling has probably been the most fruitful thing for me as I think about how do I listen and hear whatever God's trying to tell me, whether that's for business or whether it's my marriage, whether that's, you know, anything I'm kind of tackling in, in my, my life, uh, those things, some spheres of help, and then, you know, the diet and exercise of, uh, uh, of my kind of faith walk. Hmm. I love that because it's so practical. A lot of people understand diet and exercise and we think of it in terms of our eating consumption and and that kind of physical life. But our spiritual life needs that as well. So that's a that's a great point. Thank you so much. So tell us about um, there are so many questions in what you just shared that I'd love to ask. But I know we want to dive into your leadership a little bit. Let's talk about Fervor Strategic Communications and um, what you do just so we have a basis of what that organization is all about. And then tell us, you know, some of the ways that you are seeing fervor strategic communications have kingdom impact. Yeah, Martha, thanks for asking. We are, so Fervor is 11 years old uh, this year. Um, we are a, a focused on faith-based nonprofits almost exclusively. In fact, that's how we started. Uh, a mission trip to Haiti broke my heart 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I thought this would be a project. And here I sit 11 years later, you know, with a full service agency that does nothing but really strategy, strategic communications and marketing communications for faith-based nonprofits cross country. Wow. Uh, that's what we do. Um, we, we serve, uh, we act as the supply line for those that are on the front line, really. I mean, that's our, our focus is to try to make sure that they make more impact with us than they ever could have without us. And that means, you know, kids that are in homes and, and kids that are getting served, you know, those that are, are in need are getting more of what they need because we're doing 
marketing work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's our you know, way of serving the kingdom is really serving those that are squarely sitting in the front line of doing this sort of work. And, and gosh, it, it makes me really happy to be able to do that. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy the corporate world. Uh, I certainly learned an awful lot there, mm-hmm. but I love using kind of, uh, I think what God's given me and certainly what he's given our team of people um, for, for his purpose. Uh, and so we just get really choosy on the clients we, we serve. And that's the way we make a kingdom impact. Mm. So how do you see fervor strategic communications making an impact your faith, making an impact on all those that work with you? I mean, how many employees do you have as part of the organization? Yeah, so so ten full time people and about fifteen um, contract relationships. There's about twenty five of us that are at, at any one given point in time doing some work for our, our client partners across so, the country. So you're impacting twenty five families at a minimum, and so your faith well, is impacting all of them. How do you see your faith impacting those twenty five people and their families? Yeah, you know it's interesting. So I I. Uh, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan, like a mm. lot of small business owners. And I love how he says, listen, we're, you know, he was telling a story at one of his conferences that, hey, you're just one mistake away from really severely negatively impacting the people underneath your, your charge. He was, I think, talking to his son and is relaying the story. And, and I think that's how I feel maybe in the positive side of things that, you know, if my wife and I are, are doing things that are really kingdom minded, not not kind of mildly or, or flavored at the very top of it, you know, it feels good, but it may not be good. Um, then, then we can actually really make a difference, not just for our, our team of, uh, of people and their families, but for all the ecosystems that exist around their families, that if we invest in them, we invest in, in our client partner relationships, the way God would want us to, that we, we severely can impact the world in a really positive way. Um, and so I think I take that as a responsibility that, it, that we have to actually do this really, really well uh, with intention and with discipline, uh, because, you know, you know, it's definitely a challenge to, to, to lead and to continue to lead through any sort of challenge. Um, we've seen our fair share. We're certainly amidst uh, all sorts of uh, things today. But but I think that's actually where God wants us. He wants us leaning on him. So let's that's a perfect um thing to bring to the next question. And that is, tell us what it is about your leadership that God brings you to your knees about. Um, I think that I, that I squarely still don't have it figured out. (laughs) I mean, uh, I love, uh, I'm an avid reader and I read an awful lot and I love Lencioni's books and I certainly love, uh, you know, Gladwell's, but I mean, I love reading and kind of trying to understand how, how I grow personally and to Mm -hmm. get better, uh, at leading an organization of any size. And, but I think that the big thing for me has been, how do I just incrementally take steps to, to get better and, and let myself off the hook for being perfect, that I don't let perfect be the enemy of good and that I can be good. And that, that is exactly where he wants me. And then he wants me mm-hmm. leaning on him to fill in the rest of the gaps. And right. as long as I'm doing that and looking to him and looking to him and looking to him and I make that a routine, then I probably have a pretty good chance at getting it right more times than I don't. We're talking with Mike Farag. He's the CEO of Fervor Strategic Communications. And we'll be right back. 
Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. Hey, welcome back. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and we're, today we're talking with Mike Farag. He's the CEO of Fervor Strategic Communications, focused on really lifting up and helping Christian nonprofit organizations to excel and be excellent at what they do through fantastic marketing and other supportive help. You can check them out online. What's your website? CreateFervor.com. CreateFervor.com. All right, listen, tell us about your leadership journey. How did God prepare you for leading Fervor Strategic Communications, how did he prepare you? Well, I mean, I spent some time in the corporate world, and I think he prepared me largely on what not to do through that experience there. <laughs> and so sometimes I think I learn as much from seeing what I don't want to do as what I do want to do. In fact, I, I think I had some great examples uh, in that, in, in my experience in my past. So That was uh, the most positive way of saying that I think I've ever heard. <laughs> some great examples of some things never not to do. To do. No, never to do. And, and I think I took those to heart. Um, and then I had a dad who was a high school football coach and kind of coached me up and, and kind of really influenced the way that I think I look at things just holistically that I'm, you know, I think about it as, you know, kind of through his eyes and the way he kind of brought me up in coaching that, that, you know, we can coach people up, we can put a team together to accomplish a, a mission. And, and largely that's kind of the influence that, that I think I try uh, and would, would love to say that I bring to the table every day. Um, you know, in the absence of that, God fills the gaps in for me all the time and shows me and has shown me actually the more leadership opportunities given me, the more he's shown me, you don't have it, son. You got to bring it to me and I'll give it to you. Mm. Mm, Amen to that. So you mentioned that your organization started after you'd been on a missions trip. And I don't know if that's the defining moment in your life. It sounds like at least one defining moment for you. But let's talk about a defining moment that helped like transform the way you lead. Yeah, sure. That is uh, probably the maybe the most defining moment for me was kind of the transition from corporate to, to you know, starting fervor. Uh, in fact, I had seen a lot of personal challenges. I think for the first time in a long time, I hit my knees in part because of a failed marriage. I was chasing money and title in my corporate career and doing a pretty good job of chasing that, but not a very good job of um, stewarding a marriage. Mm-hmm. And I lost that and, and squarely hit my knees uh, for the first time in a long time. Even though I'd grown up with a, with a faith that, that my parents had given me, I squarely did the prodigal son thing and kind of ran off to, to, to chase my own. Um, and that uh, mission trip to Haiti, July of 2008, was catalytic. Um, I got my heart broken for the second time that year, this time in a really great way. And God just said, listen, there's way more for you. And I have way more for you to do. If you'll just let go of trying to organize this in a nice little three or five year plan and corporate title and corporate paycheck, if you'll listen, I got a, I got something in store for you. And, and really, that's been, if you want to know my leadership style and what catalytic moment for me is transformation, that is, was a transformational journey for me. Mm-hmm. And really has shown me that if I'll sit down and listen, write it down and try to let him in my, you know, in my thoughts and heart, gosh, he's got a great old plan. And, and he, he certainly showed me that in putting a business together that I really never had an intention of starting in the first place. 
So when you look at, you, you've mentioned Patrick Lencioni already and Malcolm Gladwell. When you look at leaders that you follow, leaders that are worth following, who's your number one leader, number one and two leaders that you follow? Yeah. Yeah. Lencioni is definitely up there um, from a kind of a, a, a coach perspective, mm-hmm. from a leadership coach perspective. Um, I love, uh, you know, the expertise that he brings, the advantage, the ideal team player, five dysfunction of the team. I mean, you, you name it, that guy's probably written something about, you know, some, something you should listen to. Um, you know, and that certainly has been influential. We also adopted a kind of a, a model here called EOS. Uh, Gino mm-hmm. Wickman, uh, as an author, uh, does uh, traction, EOS implementation, etc. Very great content and I love kind of the stuff that Gino and, and his group at EOS has done. But I think then it's got to be real. You got to kind of land the plane and an ethereal version of, you know, great leadership out there in the market is fantastic. And I certainly love those. But I've I, it's been brought home really twice for me. I've got a a really kind of close friend, the, the gentleman that started the Global Orphan Project, our fr- the, the group that took me to Haiti in the first place, uh, Mike Fox has kind of become that catalytic leader that I love to talk to. Uh, his, his humble leadership style um, really inspires me to, to really kind of tone it down a little bit with my ego, uh, you know. Uh, and then um, I've got a dear friend, Brian Phipps, who's become, uh, you know, somebody I really try to emulate from a discipleship perspective. That guy's got it, in my mind, figured out from what it really takes to disciple people and really help change lives one-on-one. And, and I love, you know, his approach to that. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing those things because there is, there's so many great ideas and writers and authors that are out there that we can all latch on to, especially if they've got some kingdom principles behind it. So what are some of the key ideas that have been an integral part in developing you as a leader? Yeah, I mean, I think so. um, Maybe the first key idea has been the discipleship. I just, you know, that I just mentioned that, that really was a kind of a change for me. You know, I, I grew up in kind of the Jack Welch era, you know, managed by walking around and, and this was big company, big kind of leadership. And your, your, your leadership was how many direct reports you have or how big your division was, as opposed to how big of an impact you can make. Mm -hmm. And, and Brian really flipped that on its head for me in talking with him and walking with him over these last six years or so of our friendship, that discipleship happens at ground level. I mean, that was Jesus paradigm. Uh, You know, 12 guys kind of, you know, deployed can change an awful lot more lives in its downstream. And, And that's the thing that really captured my heart that we don't, you know, quite honestly, I don't think fervor needs you know, 10,000 clients, but, but, but with a hundred or maybe even a thousand good ones, boy, we could influence a lot of lives out there in the market. And I feel the same way with our team. You know, we may not need a thousand people sitting around our, our conference tables, but, but, you know, a hundred right ones. And man, I think we could take a lot of hills. Can I get personal with you for a second? Yeah, please. How do you help your teammates to not make the same mistakes that you made in hurting their family life at home because they're working so hard? Yeah, I mean, the the agency world, you know, that we run in is not known for being very family centric. Mm. One of the reasons I really didn't want to own and operate an agency. So we do a few things. One, um, we do an unlimited PTO uh, uh, plan here. So take as much time off as you need. Um, you know, we limit our, our crew to, you know, to, to their hours per week. We're not trying to run a 60 hour or, or plus, you know, agency, which lots of agencies run. Mm-hmm. We really want them to have family time and we want them to be connected in their communities. And, and so, 
but that's got to start. That's actually got to start with how I live my life as an example. Um, quite honestly, if I don't do it, it doesn't really matter what I say. Uh, it, it just will never happen. Mm-hmm. And so I go in early uh, in the morning uh, and I leave at, at 4.15 or 4.30 every day because I got three little kids at home yeah. and I got this window of time to be with them. So, yeah. so some of the things are just examples that, that I need to live by uh, and actually mean when we say it, that we live by those things. And some are some policies and things that we've put in place to try to protect and encourage our team to actually, you know, live in harmony and with some harmony in their family and in their professional lives. That is so excellent. Hi, we're talking today with Mike Farag. He's the CEO of Fervor Strategic Communications. We'll be right back. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I work for him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him PowerPod on your favorite podcast platform and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him PowerPod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work For Him PowerPod. Take control of your listening time today. Welcome back. We talk with Mike Farag, CEO of Fervor Strategic Communications Online. Did you say createfervor.com? Mm-hmm. You got it. That's create right. Fervor. See, it's memorable, which is why you did that. You're such a good marketing guy. I, I, create fervor. Just feel fervor. Fervor. I got plenty of fervor. Give me a Mountain Dew. I can create like a tornado worth of fervor. All right. <laughs> Mike, the Alliance is a place where leaders come to invest the best of what they know in other leaders. What leadership idea or thinking would you like to share as an investment in our Outcomes Conference podcast listenership today? Yeah, I think what I would encourage is um, the thought around communications that I think sometimes we, we either have to, we're, we're trying to be too cute about the way we talk about leadership inside organizations. At Fervor, we believe winning inside first is, is the only key. In fact, most times I think as leaders, we want a, a good solution for coming outside, for growing an organization that has to be more donors or more something else outside. And that's our, that's our focus. And, and in reality, as leaders investing in other leaders, the, the, the closest to home you can, you can get, the more impact you can have. And that starts inside your organization today. In fact, you probably have all the resources you ever need to grow what you have. And, and we find the simple solution is usually the best. And that means an internal email from the CEO or the, or the leadership needs to get started. The, uh, a video recording, as bad as it might look for you, might be the way you start to share inside. Uh, a regular weekly meeting or daily meeting that you can have inside the organization is a, is a starting point for capturing good ideas, for being real and open as a leader, and then starting to have honest communications. I think I've found when we start inside, we win outside every day and then some. But it's got to start with you. You got to go first. <laughs> That's fantastic. So talk about the role that discipleship or mentoring played in your life as becoming a leader. So did you have someone that discipled you or mentored you any step along the way? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the challenging folks that I had in my career, but I mm-hmm. certainly had some great ones along my corporate career, too, that really invested in me. Uh, in fact, one gentleman comes to mind who uh, I couldn't have seen maybe things more differently mm-hmm. than him in terms of political or even maybe somewhat spiritual items. But this guy invested more time and energy in me than anyone else before and maybe in anyone else since. Um, and that 
meant a lot. In fact, I remember he invited me to breakfast every week. That turned into almost every day because I just couldn't get enough. And he was willing to give me that sort of time. And so I got up early. I wasn't a morning guy. I turned mm-hmm. into a morning guy because that's what it took to, for me to get some time. So at 6.30, we'd have breakfast at least once a week. It turned in every day. And that sort of discipleship, one-on-one conversation without an agenda in front of us mm-hmm. was really what has set me up to say, hey, those sometimes are the most fruitful. The, the non you know, the, the intentional discipline formation, like let's get, let's get together once a week, but not having a strict agenda to follow, but just guarding that time with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've seen play dividend or pay dividends over and over and over again in how I look at discipleship and even just how I look in great leadership and conversations. And do you encourage that within your organization and, and maybe even yourself? Are you paying that forward in a sense? Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, I think we we always have room to continue to grow. Even within <laughs> our organization, we believe in great communications inside and out. But we we have we have no shortage of one on ones and guarded time for professional development, guarded time for just conversations yeah. within our organization. Good. And we've loved seeing the fruit of that um, when we have individuals that either are in need or, or struggling, but but even just routinely, just in their growth and development as a, a part of our our organization. So, I mean, but there's got to be a level of intentionality in that. So, you know, it, it's been said, and Martha, you always remember the a person that says, but everybody should have, everybody should have in their life, a Paul in their life, a Timothy in their life, and a Barnabas in their life. Howard Hendricks. Howard Hendricks said that. The famous Howard Hendricks from Dallas Baptist Theological, Dallas Theological Seminary. So, do you have a Paul in your life today and a Timothy in your life today? Yes. Yeah, so this is, this is a man near and you're talking about things near and dear to my heart. Awesome. I love the boxes. In fact, in many cases we've made, you know, people kind of fill out the boxes. Do you have a Paul? Do you have Barnabas? Do you have some brothers or sisters in arms, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 that are side kind of walking in life around you. Um, and, and so for me personally, I have both a Paul, a Barnabas and, and some, some brothers in arms. I mentioned kind of my spheres and circles of, of, of care. I think that's also what's needed to keep us accountable, uh, as men and women of, of Christ in our walks. Gosh, it's super hard. I think the enemy wants to knock us out any yeah. chance, any chance he can get the more layers you got, the better chance you got to survive in that. Mm. So let me ask a, a, a question. You, I love to ask this question. If you could speak to your younger you and tell your younger you what you wish your younger you knew, what would that be? Uh, wow, that's the, I mean, that's the question I've probably wrestled a little bit with, unfortunately, because I made uh, my fair share of mistakes. I mean, I'd tell that kid, um, he's not as bright as he thinks he is. And that, and that he ought to be journaling sooner than he started to journal in his life. And then he ought to be getting a counselor sooner than he got a counselor in his life. And he ought to be getting another counselor sooner than he got another mm-hmm. counselor. Like, I mean, counseling in the traditional sense, like, hey, let's go to train professionals. By the way, I married one. So I, I believe in the traditional sense of counseling. And I mean, counsel, like spiritual counsel. Like, I think both of those things, had I really gravitated towards that and not the professional counselor that helped me get my next job, my VP title earlier, you know, than later. Well, I gravitated towards that instead of, you know, the meat and potatoes. Uh, and I wish, 
um, the kid would have learned that a little sooner than he mm. learned it. Well, maybe there's some kid listening right now that can hear those words of wisdom, and I'm sure that you're sharing that with others. I'm just really quick. Tell me why you've mentioned so many times that journaling is such an important part in your life. Uh, it's the 2020 hindsight. No way for you to see what what anyone has done, what you've been thinking, what God's done in your life without some retrospective. Mm. And, and at least for me, this has been hugely impactful, not just for like clarity in the moment. In fact, I've, it's been hard for me to get clarity in the moment out of a journal, quite honestly. Sure. But clarity and retrospect has been by far the clearest path. I, I mean, you look back six months and I got a regular habit about every six months, I will look back and read at least one entry per month from that from my journal. And what happens is I see a clear line of what's happened in my life, mm. like what God has done to orchestrate things, how far I might have come, even though I don't might mentally might have thought I've come that far. Okay. And that sort of encouragement creates momentum. And when you have momentum and you feel like, gosh, I'm, I actually am making progress more than I maybe even thought, you're ready for the next six. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Mike Fairegg with Fervor Strategic Communication. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And to you guys, our listeners out there today, I'm just, I know you were inspired, but we've always prayed that this would inspire you, but we heard some fantastic stuff and I'm thinking this is going to drive you to be a deeper thinker and look to make a bigger and a deeper kingdom gain. Remember the wisdom from this podcast came to you by way of someone else. If you love it, Say so and share it with a friend today. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com. I work the number 4 him.com